Hey guys, welcome to today's show. I am so excited to have you and I am excited to welcome our guest today, Finian Kelly. I saw him on an episode of Undercover Angel, which was a show that aired on National Geographic where um, successful entrepreneurs go and help out villages where they had this project they had to do something to improve the community it was really really awesome and i cannot wait to talk to him today about his journey and how he has gotten to where he is so welcome to awaken your inner awesomeness i am your host melissa oatman from melissaoatman.com if you're new i want to welcome you if you're returning welcome back so thank you for being here today finian it's an absolute pleasure, Melissa. It's really nice to hear that you'd seen the documentary. It was definitely one of the highlights of my life and uh, one thing I'm very proud of that I have under my, under my belt. It's really a really great show. I am a reality show TV fanatic, not like the Bachelorette kind of reality TV, but reality TV that really delves into human issues and connection and all of those things. And that really touched on a lot of that. So I was fascinated through the whole episode. And I can't wait to talk to you about your journey and, and how you got to where you are now and how you ended up on a TV show where you were, you know, helping a community. So why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about who you are, what makes Finney and Finian and how you have gotten to where you are in your journey in life. So we're starting light, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit, right? Wow. Where where did Finian begin? So it's interesting. So I've only just started taking up the name Finian over the last few years. My, my real name is Finian, but my whole life I've always been Finn. And I loved that name. It was one of the things that I felt very grateful for for my parents, that I had this strong name. It stood out and I definitely was connected to that name. But after almost a spiritual awakening, which was definitely happening around that time of the documentary, afterwards I realized I feel like it's time to to lean into this this version of myself which is finian and it was a it was a it was an interesting journey for me because a name's just a name but it you can associate a lot with it finn was the strong boy proving something um it was it was a very inspiring boy but he was still trying to prove something and, and trying to create a place an external environment which was safe for him and finian was more about i am just this being, I'm confident in myself in the interior is what's really important. So that's just a little connection of the Finn and the Finian. And I've really enjoyed it because um, something was about the Finn was it was very unique. And now there's a lot of Finns out there, but there's not many Finians. So I like that, that uniqueness, which I suppose I could be attaching to my ego there as well. That's something else I need to explore. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm originally from Australia. I now live in Aspen, Colorado. I moved over five years ago for business, but also really it was out of love of skiing. I'm a, a, um, I just love the mountains and it's, it's definitely a passion to me. And I, have gone on a on a very interesting journey in my life. I, I suffered, as most of us do, some form of trauma in my childhood. And my the way I handled trauma was to create safety for myself by going out and just looking after myself. And I did that through finishing school at a young age, becoming an army officer, becoming financially independent. It was all more about go, 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 because I didn't want to, confront some of the, the sadness that I had inside of me. And then through, I suppose, my spiritual awakening, I ended up 
more focused on on what really matters to me and, and making it decisions out of love in, instead of fear. So I've had lots of entrepreneurial businesses. I've just sold my third one and I'm now committing my life to this concept of intentionality. And intentionality is all about an action-based lifestyle. It's about defining how you want to feel and then taking deliberate action towards it. So vision plus action. And the two go hand in hand because if you're not clear of where you want to go, you could be taking action like definitely like I was, which is operating from subconscious programming, which you're not aware of, someone else has put inside of you and you end up doing everything and you get there and you're not fulfilled. And then there's other people who are very connected to the vision, but they're not willing to take the action necessary to get there. So you've got to combine the two of them to, to, to be there. And that's what I'm focused on spreading with the world right now. How I got to the documentary, it was an interesting experience. I, I literally got an email one day and from, a, from National Geographic saying they've been observing me. We're looking at doing this TV show, this documentary, and we think you'd be a really great fit. Would you be open for an interview? Now, I'm, I actually deleted it because I thought it was spam. <laughs> and for some reason, I went back to it and I just had this calling. I got this little message and said, no, open that up and, and follow it, follow the path. And I ended up going through an interview process and got picked by National Geographic to be uh, the Australian representative. And it was such a remarkable experience. I didn't find out where I was going until a couple of days before I went into Bulgaria. And it's interesting reality TV shows, these ones which are done well, they're real. Like it, everything you saw was real. It was live. Uh, sometimes I had to just because if the sound went something went wrong with the sound, I'd have to try to repeat exactly what I just said. But most of it was live. And everything that you saw did happen. And they just had to cut down a couple of weeks of nonstop content into a 60 minute documentary, which is which is quite remarkable. But I, I definitely learned a lot of respect reality TV show after that. And it was it was so special because I got to go into a community. I went to the Roma community in, in a place called Fakulteta in Bulgaria. And they haven't really had many outsiders. And the connection, what I realized, even though I couldn't speak their language, we're all the same, wherever we are. Um, and the, the labels that have been put on different people, different communities, at, at the soul level, at the heart level, we're all the same. And, and it's just focused on love. And the connection that we had was quite remarkable. And it gives me goosebumps thinking about uh, the challenges they were going through, but how receptive they were and how open. And, and I've, after that time, I've never been the same. Like I, I realized there was, I did have some programming, unconscious biases with some racial beliefs and just like we all do in some regard. And I've, I've always just kept looking at, well, what is it that we can connect with? There's always some form of connection between every single person. And, and that's really how I live my life now. I love that. And I think that's so true. And I don't think you realize that until I think that's one of the things about traveling. You know, I teach German and I'm a language teacher. And so I'm always teaching my students about you need to get out there, you need to travel, you need to see the world and cultures might be different. But again, we're all human and we're all the same. But I don't think you really get that until you experience it firsthand. Yeah, you don't. And so I'm in Nicaragua right now. It's such a beautiful country, but there is a pretty much on it from America, it's saying, do not travel here, danger, all of these labels that they've put on onto 
and the Nicaraguan community. And I'm here and I've never met a more hospitable group of people. I feel completely safe. It's, it's remarkable. And really they've all been labeled because of someone in power. And now we've, we've connected that these people are the same as that one person and they're not. And I just really think about how much is that happening all around us all the time in the, in the divides that we have and uh fighting hate with hate never goes anywhere it, it just creates more and more separation and the spiritual journey i'm sure everyone who's listening knows this it's all about coming back to to one to wholeness and connection so anything that creates more separation that can't be classed as as a spiritual path and and i just i really encourage people just to realize that we're not that much different and that person who you're judging they're, they're probably very similar to you. And there's something that probably maybe that they're triggering in you that is, is something close to, close to, to home. Yeah, that's a very good point. And I don't know how we've become a society where if you have a difference of opinion, it suddenly means we're enemies and we can't come together on any issue. And I, that's very disheartening, but I, I am very, I think very much encouraged by the next generation coming up because I see that with my students all of the time and with my own children that, you know, they're very open and want to be loving towards everyone. So I'm very, very much encouraged by that. I am too. And if you, all you have to do is look at the amount of podcasts about spirituality now, like it is moving, like it is moving quickly. And, and sometimes you can feel disheartened because of what's happening in the world, but often it's, it becomes more and more um, aware to you when you're on this journey. So it's actually feeling worse because there's such goodness rising up in, in this world. And I, I, I definitely connect with that a lot and always remind that consciousness, consciousness is never um, contracting. It's always expanding. So yes, there may seem like there's a bit of a dark age is happening right now with some, with some groups of people and we're having a bit of a, a, as I go back, but really consciousness is rising all around it. And it's through this that will come out a, a completely new society. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. I'm excited to see what that's going to bring. So I want to ask you, if there are people out there who are listening, I know you're talking about living with intentionality, which I think is so important. But if there are people out there listening who think maybe, you know what, my life's so busy, it's so hectic, I have to get from here to here to here how can they do some small things, maybe some simple things they can put into their daily practice or into their lives to help them start living more intentionally? Mm, great question. So one of my favorite lines is you're just one breath away from intentionality. If you just take one breath and just drop into the present moment, then you have now taken an interruption to the pattern of the life that you're in. And you now you get to consciously choose what the next action is. So everyone at home right now, you might just go, okay, even though I'm listening, what about if we just take one deep conscious breath? We let out the air from the lower abdomen and then we breathe in. We hold at the top and we just set, what do we want to do next? What do we want to feel? Or perhaps just check in with how are we feeling right now? And then letting it out. Just that one moment you get information you get information about how you're feeling you get to regulate your uh your system you perhaps get to realize oh i'm not behaving the way i want to be behaving right now and then you get a choice 
really, we don't get to choose our thoughts, but we get to choose our response to our thoughts. Um, and in that moment, you can suddenly go, oh, I'm not going to indulge that thought or I'm going to I'm going to take this type of action. And then you're on the path of intentionality. And, and that what that does is it's I call it an intentionality transition process. If we take a breath and then we go, OK, let's take a note. We've, we're moving from one one role to the next role. How what do I need to let go of the previous role that I was doing? So perhaps it was work role and now we're going into parent role. What do I need to let go of? Perhaps I need to write some things down so I can come back to it. And then how do I want to show up in the next role? And what are the type of feelings that I want to be feeling? And what, what, are, the, what are some actions that could help in, um, do that? So we might go, well, I've had a challenging day at work. I was in, in, in work role. I'm now going to go see my children or my loved one. How do I want to feel? I want to feel feelings of love. I want to feel feelings of connection. I want to feel joy. So what would, what would help that? Would coming in and just suddenly not being present or telling the kids to pick up their clothes or just suddenly creating all this friction, would that help? Or perhaps it would just be to go in and just look at that person and just say, I see you, or just hold them and hug them or give them a kiss or just ask them, how are you doing? Who knows what could come from that moment? It, it sounds like that's too good to be true, but it is that simple. It, it's that good if you just have these moments we can change things. I, I truly believe wars could be stopped by just having a breath. And uh, when, when I was an army officer, that was something that we'd do all the time was breathe. And obviously we were doing things like shooting and stuff like that, but it was all about breath. It was breathing and just slowing down and just being clear. Is this the course of action that you want to be taking? And, and really that's intentionality. Yeah, I think that's so important because I know personally as a single mom, when I would come home from work, I was lucky enough for a while that I had a job where I had an hour drive. People are going to say lucky, but yeah. it was good because I had that hour car ride home to decompress, to de-stress. I would listen to podcasts that would get me into a better mood or whatever, so that when I got home, I wasn't carrying the stress of the day with me and walking through the door because it's so easy to do. For a long time, I did do that. I would walk in the door and why, why is the house a mess? You have your toys everywhere. And you're right. That sets up the tone for the evening that there's going to be friction. You're going to be stressed out and it's just going to keep going and going and going until you take the moment to say, okay, things are going to be different. I think it's very much a choice to say, I'm not going to keep doing what I've been doing because it's not working. So you, that breath work is so important because that's your signal to your body that, okay, this stops now and now we're going to actually have an evening where we have fun and we connect and the kids will remember that, hey, mom wasn't a stressed out monster when she came home. It's totally right. And what happens is that whole thing, oh, I don't have time to do that. It's actually, it's not about time, it's about energy. So one of the principles of intentionality is to create exponential outcomes by leveraging energy instead of time. So in that moment, if you come back and you think you don't have time to just give someone a hug or drop in, what happens is you actually lose time because then friction starts occurring. Suddenly you start getting angry, emotions start flying up. Emotions, when they start being negative, what happens is your state of being just completely drops. You turn into a low vibrational state. So you don't have the same ability to have the same output. You get down, you might then numb yourself by watching some Netflix or eating some bad food. And it just has this flow on effect. 
So I really encourage everyone to just think about what is the energy I'm bringing into this, this, um, into this moment. And when we bring in energy, we collapse time. Life is not linear. We, we live in energetic places. This is all about manifesting. It's, you don't manifest in the, in the 3D world, you manifest in the 5D world, in the quantum world. And when we do that, there is no time. And Dr. Joe Spencer talks about this. There's, there's no time, no space. We're all there. So that means instantly we can have a thought and then it can come manifested down into the material world. So that I really want to challenge people. And I, I, I get it. Like single mums, I think you're, you're amazing. Like I just, in, just love you. I'm, I am so inspired about you. Um, my mum was a single mum, so I can completely get it. But there's a program happening when we say we don't have time, that someone has fed that into you and you're living off a program which is not serving you. But if we can live by the energy, suddenly things start happening for you and you start feeling more free and it's just, it's just try it. That's, that's the thing about with intentionality is that don't listen to me, try some of these behaviors, some of these principles and just see what happens in your life. There's a Zen proverb which says, if you don't have time to meditate for one hour, you need to meditate for two. And when you think about that, it just makes you realize, ah, oh, it's because it's not about time. It's about having the space to be able to actually make the conscious decisions which work for you. And then it has this major flow and effect in your life. Yeah, and it's incredible because I talk about all of these tips and things that you can use. And I've had people say that to me before, like, well, I don't have time to do that in the morning. And, you know, to me, it's like, well, okay, if you don't do the things in the morning to mentally prepare yourself for your day, it's going to go right off the rails, you know, and who knows what's going to happen. But when you can do those things in the morning to really get yourself ready, which is all about intentionality, like mm -hmm. I'm going to have a good day today. I already know I'm so blessed with all of these things and I'm just going to, I'm going to continue to see these blessings coming in today. When you do that, it really does, you're more productive, more positive, and that affects everyone around you too. Because you think about when you're around toxic people who are negative, what does it do? It makes you feel terrible and it drains your energy and then you don't want to be there. But if you're the opposite, then that is also contagious. You know, people are like, oh, well, thank you for smiling. Thank you for asking how I am. And it spreads like a ripple effect. It does. And that's where I'm loving we're going down this path is that we need to be starting to think about our greatest resource. Our greatest asset is our energy. So if you start making your decisions about, will this bring me more energy or take away from me energy? And it can be that binary. Suddenly you start changing your behaviors. You'll start realizing, oh, that's a program that tells me that I want to spend more time with this person because I feel obligated. I don't have to do that. I have free will. I have choice. That person is taking energy from me. Um, but that person, wow, that person's giving me energy or going for that walk or meditating. I noticed that my energy increased. And if we started seeing ourselves rather than having a finite amount of time in the day that we had, we were almost a battery. We saw ourselves as a battery and we saw our energy levels go down and up depending on what we're doing. You might find that you could get to the end of the day and still have a whole lot of energy. Um, and, and, and when we do that, suddenly, well, the pro next morning, we may feel more confident to be able to go and take that bold action that we need to take or try something new or do that creative project. We can be so intense. We might solve a problem in a really short amount of time, which then creates more time for us and all these different things happen. So I want, 
I will, I'd love it if the world just started focusing on, on energy and realizing that that's the only thing you actually have control over. Um, you, we don't have much control over many things, but we do have control over our energy. We can be aware of it and that breath, just keep checking in and it's just a state. How is my energy right now? And sometimes it's not worth forcing through, pushing through. Like there's times where I'll be in a business meeting with my people and we'll check in with the energy and it's like, this isn't great. Let's just stop. There's no point continuing on. Let's come back to us when we have our higher energy. And there's lots of things we can be doing in life about that. Yeah, <clears throat> I think that's very true. I think most of the time when you are working on projects and you feel like you're stuck, it doesn't have anything to do with, oh, I can't think of the right thing. It, it's more about take a breath, step away, clear your energy, and then come back to it. Because I feel like a lot of people talk about tapping into your intuition and tapping into your creative side. That all has to do with your energy too. So if your energy is very much low, then you're going to have a hard time connecting to your creative side, connecting to that intuition. And I think that's really the problem that a lot of people have. They think, oh, I don't have intuition. Oh, I don't, I can't tap into it. Oh, that's not even it. It's just that they don't take the time to work on their energy so that, you know, I, I know personally when I'm drained, it is harder for me to tap into my own intuition. But mm -hmm. if my energy is really high, it's like instant, like, oh, I know exactly what to do. So I think people need to be really mindful about um, clearing their energy all the time and making sure their energy is as high as it can be. Yeah, definitely. And and what I love about what we have inside of us is we have a we have a backup source. We have this unlimited supply of energy, which is really in our heart center. If if we get into our heart center and breathe into it and start feeling emotions of love and gratitude the two highest um, emotional states you'll start finding energy just coming through you because you're tapping into the divine source and and it just starts flowing through you and then you can access your intuition the intuition doesn't happen up here this is where i think a lot of people think oh, i've just got to get that this idea it all comes through here so we can breathe through that and when we when we do that it's amazing what you can do when you operate from a place of love. It, it just keeps on going and going and going. And you see that because there's creators who just keep on creating. And it's because they're just literally allowing love to throw, flow through them. And, and that's, that's a principle of intentionality, which is experience peace and joy by learning to choose love over fear. Um, we, we have so much peace and joy when we operate from a place of love, but when we operate from a place of fear, it's, it's a low vibrational state. Low vibrational states literally just drain our energy batteries. So that's another thing you can check in. This is where the principles interrelate. You can check in and go, okay, what's, what's happening with my, my energy? Ah, I'm operating from a place of fear. So of course that's going to be draining it. So, and I've been focused on the, fear because i think i'm running out of time i keep saying telling them this so this is where they all interrelate oh and then i interrelate with the next principle intentionality which is eliminate friction by creating freedom through self-made boundaries how how is this happening oh it's because i'm around that person and i have friction with that person so i need to create a boundary um which creates more freedom so i'm not around that person which then naturally gives me greater energy and then also gives me an opportunity to lean into love and they start flowing together. And now we're in this charged up state and you realize, oh, I'm, I don't have to be the victim of my life right now. I'm the creator. I can really be in, in, in charge of this. 
and it all comes through. Now, I know there's moments like, trust me, I get I get caught up in the story as well. Um, and that's why we've got to lean into these intentionality tools and these practices to help us bring, bring us back and get out of, our, out of our story. And as you practice this, it really is a muscle. It starts coming and starts coming. And rather than getting lost for days, you start realizing, ah, oh, I just got caught up in the story for a day. And now then it starts going down to half a day and then an hour. And then you start catching yourself in these two minute bursts and you're like, oh, where did I just go? And then you come back again. And that's when you become into this beautiful place where you're, you're not able to be knocked off kilter. Like things happen in your life because life happens and you're like, okay, all right, this for me, this is happening for me. It's not happening to me. How, how can I learn from this? And I, I, I say that a lot. Um, like right now I'm going through um, some things in my, in my relationship and I, I'm reminding is that it's not meant to be good all the time. Like there's some hardship, but this is happening for us because we're at this next place of growth and, and we're ready. And I'm sure people who have been through a spiritual awakening, they start realizing that that was the greatest thing that ever happened to them. Once you go through that moment. So then you've got, if that was the greatest moment that ever happened to them, then wouldn't the next moment of hardship be also potentially the greatest moment that ever happened to them? So we, we need to relish in these opportunities and we should almost look forward to them in some regard because it's, it means we're ready, ready for some growth. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking earlier about how you feel like when you get to one level, then other things happen and you're like, oh, more lessons, you know, you're going to go through more lessons. But I think the point is that people should really um, hold on to is what you were talking about earlier, that when you grow more, you don't take as long to learn the lesson and to get through the lesson as you would have previously. Like, you know, when I was in my twenties, if I had a car accident, I would be so mad and upset for like months and think like, this is the worst thing ever, even though I wasn't injured or anything. But then now today that happens in within the first 10 minutes, it's like, oh, well, it was an accident. That's why they call it accident. It's okay. Like this is not going to end my life or, you know, it was something minor. So it's okay. It's going to be better. And it, you get faster at realizing, okay, this is not something that's going to end the world and you know, it'll be okay. And it's teaching me a lesson and I just need to grow through it. But I think you pointed something else out. You're talking about decisions based on fear and based on love. And I think this is one of the hardest concepts for people to really grasp because we've been programmed from birth to base our decisions on fear um, because it used to keep us safe. And now it's, it's weird how as a child, you don't touch something because you don't want to get burned or you don't want to, you know, electrocute yourself. But as an adult, it actually does the opposite. It's keeping us stuck where we are. And for some people that's with finances. And for some people it's in relationships, it's different for everyone, but that fear based decision-making, and I even struggle with it myself still, sometimes it's still a lesson. Talk to us more about that. Like how do you overcome the fear that just keeps you stuck? The great question. And it was my biggest realization through this journey of mine. And it's why it's the number one principle of intentionality, experience joy and peace by learning to choose love over fear. And the learned you hit on it is we have to learn to love again, because we've been programmed with fear. And the one way to think about it, the ego, we've, got, we've created such a, a hatred of our ego. And what we, when we do that, we're actually creating separation. Again, we're actually feeding the ego 
which is separation by then not actually liking it. So if we actually become one with our ego and start having a relationship with it, we start realizing, okay, the ego actually has done some, some good things for us. It has kept us safe. Like when, when events occur as a child, we're not in a, when, when events occur as a child, we're not in a state, we're not in a mature adult state where we can protect ourselves. So the ego puts up these, these shells, these walls, these, these protective layers to help us navigate that through that moment. And, and it does, it does like definitely as me as a 10 year old, I had a traumatic event and it just put up a shell and it helped me navigate through my teenage years as a, as a young adult and helped me make sense. But then that program ended up becoming my greatest enemy. I was using it to still make decisions in an adult life. And I just kept coming up against myself. And that's where I realized that even though I was being intentional, intentional is not good enough. If it's coming from a place of fear, then it's never going to fulfill you and it's never going to make you feel peace or joy. So that was my big realization. I went, oh, it all has to come from love. And the ego, when we think about it, what is it doing? It's protecting us. So it's saving us. But the ego thinks it's doing its job if it keeps us alive. It doesn't care whether you're thriving or surviving. It only cares if you're alive. So this is why it has such resistance to change because when you make change, it believes that, well, you're putting yourself into a dangerous situation. Right now, I know that you're alive, but I don't know what's happening on that other side when you make that change. So it starts stopping you from doing things. It stops you from taking the action that you want to do to achieve that vision. It stops you taking the courage to express your love in a relationship. Whatever it is, it, it starts playing with you and, and, and protecting you. Now, if we start realizing that, we stop hating ourselves and putting ourselves in shame because of why we're not doing what we want to do or, beha or we're behaving this particular way, which just feeds the ego. It creates more layers and protects us. And we start going, okay, I have some understanding, but I'm, I'm the, I'm the rider of this, of this beast. I can actually consciously decide, yep. Thank you for looking after me. I'm anymore. I'm an adult and I know that I'm going to be safe in this, in this area, but keep, if I, if I step too far, let me know, like, just let me know. And we can have that little relationship. Then we start, overriding that strength and then it sees that we actually can trust us in a way and we move into a place where we're making good decisions for ourselves we start feeling better and it starts loosening its grip on us so that's definitely one way that i've worked with it i've worked with this area and just and with my with my ego relationship it's super super helped me so with then getting connected with love or fear i just ask myself is this fear helping me is it really helping me what what do I, what happens to me just physiologically when I start making decisions from fear? I, I, I cave up, I, I feel less energy, I, cortisol starts rising through me, I start having doubt, um, all of the things occur and, and it leads to not non-enjoyable feelings. I don't feel peace, I don't feel joy, I feel completely opposite. But when I lean in decisions of love, what happens? I feel expansive. I open up, I start having the courage to make decisions. I start seeing the feedback I get in my body and also in my feelings of what comes from that. And I start seeing that this is, is really positive for me. And, and I always just keep asking myself, am I leaning towards love or am I leaning to fear in this moment? And I love a binary decision like that because it really just helps me. Oh, I'm moving away from love. Well, what would be the moment to lean me towards love? 
And it just, and then I tap into my heart center and that's the most powerful place. I just keep breathing into my heart center and just go, okay, what would be the loving thing to do for me right now? And then I just take that action and you suddenly feel this courage to be able to, to be able to get there. So it's, it's a journey to, to get there, but it's the only way it's, it's, why are we using fear? It's because we want to feel a particular way. We want to feel this peace and joy. And we believe that by not doing something or taking the fear decision, that it's going to protect us, but it's not. It's actually what's it's holding us back. So we need to realize that it's the love emotion, which is going to be able to get to the feeling that we really want. And we get so attached to that feeling that we want, then it becomes a really simple decision because it's only one way. It's either love or fear. Yeah. That help? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, and it totally makes sense too. And I know in my own life, I've experienced as a mom with my children, you know, you want to protect them and you want to do what's best for them. But a lot of times we're making our decisions based on fear and not on love because love says, I trust that they're grown enough to make their own choices and they know what's best for them and they have their own journey and they have to experience everything and the fear says no i have to tell them that they need to do this or i need to guide them here or i need to do this and that's been a big journey for me as a parent because mine are 19 now and it's like okay let go <laughs> just let go and just you know let them know i'm here and i love you and i'll always if you need an ear if you need whatever i'm here but you have to let that go because that's like, what would love do? Love would not trap them in a corner and try to keep them safe for the rest of their lives. Love would want them to go out and experience the world and to learn their own lessons and have their own journey. But we so get caught up in that fear that, and we do that in relationships too, right? We, we don't want to be vulnerable because you might get hurt and you don't want to, you know, some people I think want to hold on so tightly with control because of that fear. Like if I let go, what's going to happen? But um, for me, when I have like a fear or a love-based decision, I feel it in my body, in my mm -hmm. chest is where fear resides. Like it feels like heaviness in my chest. And I know whenever I'm making a decision, like that was not a decision that was made out of love because I can feel it here. And okay. so I always encourage people like, where do you feel it in your body? Because there's definitely a feeling. And to, to really embody this principle and intentionality, I'd love to give five behaviors because I love this. If I can give you, if we can, if, if we, if the listeners today get this one principle, right, then everything's going to start getting better in their life. So perhaps if I give five behaviors that you could start applying to your life would be really helpful. So one is to choose that, um, choose to believe that life is happening for you, not to you. So what that really means is, is that, the, the quality of the life is always decided by how you experience life, not by what life offers you. There's plenty of people who have been offered things and they're not experiencing it. So how do we experience it in that moment? Don't be the victim. Um, really have trust in yourself and also have trust in the universe. That's about that. Everything that's happening is happening for you, not to you. And if we do that, we get in that open state and we start seeing opportunities for growth. Another one behavior is to be when triggered, use curiosity, not conflict curiosity is a loving place it's being open and just going okay i'm triggered what what's happening here conflict is fear-based it's thinking that someone is attacking you and um that doesn't help so a little a slogan i always say there is respond rather than react 
I'm always like in that moment, am I reacting or am I responding? Responses have a breath and then they use a question to, to explore, to be curious. Reacting go autopilot and they attack. It's, it's, it's almost like a scorpion tail happening there. Um, and third behavior is assume the best in people. So that whole saying, innocent and prove, until proven guilty, don't make assumptions. Assumptions hurt. Be curious. Find out what's happening. And, and really try to not take things personally. It goes back to uh, the four agreements by Don Miguel Rodriguez. If we don't take things personally, then maybe we can be open. And also what it does is it doesn't lower our emotional state. A fourth behavior is forgiveness sets you free. Forgiveness is the most powerful, loving act we can do. And I talk about it sets you free because often forgiveness is not about the other person. Sometimes you forgive someone and they didn't even know that you were holding on to anything. This is about you. So regularly forgive, but also forgive yourself. Like in that car accident, you gave a great example. So in the, a younger version of yourself would just be so hard in yourself. How could I have done that? That was so stupid. I'm an idiot. Now I've lost this money. I've put all of these problems onto myself. And when we do that, what are we doing? We're putting shame and fear into ourselves. Our emotional state, that vibrational state is decreased. So then what happens throughout the rest of your day that problem wasn't isolated. It's carrying with you. You start in your workplace, you might do something which ends up not being a great decision. It could be the way you interact with your loved ones and it starts hurting continuously on. So when we forgive ourselves, we just lean into love and we let it go and we let it be an isolated event rather than letting it flow into it, into other parts of our life. And then the final behavior, which I talk about regularly is tuning to your heart the heart is the place of love. It's a place of wisdom, insight, intuition. And it's been proven now that the heart sends signals to the brain and then the brain sends signals to the heart. So really the heart is the operating system. It's, it's the deciding source, but we've, we've leaned into our, our brain too much. So leaning into our heart with heart coherence through breath and gratitude and evokes these positive emotions which fly through us everything changes into us. And when we do this, you start becoming so connected to this emotion. And you want more of it, this feeling of feeling so good that you'll start just wanting it more and more. And you start putting yourself into this position. So we can lean into any of these five behaviors at any point of time, depending on what's happening. And that what we're doing is we're doing a pattern interrupt and deciding, okay, am I going to operate from love or am I going to operate from fear in this moment? I'm triggered well, I'm going to use curiosity, not conflict, because that's the loving thing to do. And before we know it, we start climbing out of wherever we're in. I think of it, I always often think we're in a giant canyon in life. I always think of the Grand Canyon. And sometimes we drop down into the hole, but love brings us back out of it. And then we're into this expansive expansiveness. I love that. And that's really a, an awesome technique for thinking about whether you're coming from fear or from love, because I identified with so many of those things as my younger self would have done the, you know, blaming the shame and all of that. And I love the curiosity piece because it's so important when things are happening to you that are out of your control or that you weren't expecting to happen. That piece is so important because it could be easy to say, oh my gosh, why again, now this is happening to me again and be the victim. But when you can say to yourself, this is happening for a reason, 
what's the reason? Am I supposed to be learning something or how should I be reacting? And I think when you can do that, that's where the real growth starts. It does. And it just speeds everything up. You don't get caught in the story for so long and be lost. You're suddenly like, oh, okay, there's a lesson in this. Ah, this is what I needed to to feel. This is what I needed to grow in this particular area. I didn't realize that I was holding this in and how this has been affecting me in, in other areas of life. And it's, it's comes beautiful. It, it really does because you come lighter and more free. And really that's what wisdom is. I don't think wisdom comes with time. This is a, a fallacy that time heals. Time definitely does not heal because if time healed, why is it that so many of us are having midlife crises or, or still hanging on to the things that happen when we were, when we were a child, time definitely does not heal energy heals. So when an event occurs, if we put our energy into it and consciously go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to feel these emotions right now. I'm going to have a positive experience of negative emotions, positive experience, because we're consciously choosing to, to, to feel them rather than having them to surface up at certain points of time. And then we see how this is playing out in our life. Can I accept them? Can I, can I uh, have an experience with them? And can I let them go? And let them go so then it doesn't play with me in, in future experiences. And then life starts becoming playful and it starts becoming so much more lighthearted. And you can experience really heavy things, really heavy things and process them and then move through them before you know it. And, and that's why I encourage any, anyone, if there's something that you've, you've been thinking that time is going to heal, I'm going to throw it back out you and go, it's not going to, unless you put energy into it and really bring this up and, and, and process it often just actually gets worse. That's why illnesses and, and injuries and stuff occur because it's been stored into our body for so long that it manifests in a way to make us be aware. And I've definitely experienced that firsthand in my life many times. And now as I, I experience something, I, I don't want to suppress it because I know I've, I've seen what happens on the other side. I'm like, that's going to be so much worse than feeling it right now. Bring it on. Let me feel this. <laughs> yeah, that is so true. I, I have a book called Beautifully Broken and it was my story of surviving divorce and single motherhood. And one of the chapters I talk about, um, you don't want to suppress your feelings because uh, we had an experience. We went to a drag show one time just for fun. And there was a, a bachelorette party. And there was one woman in the bachelorette party who was going through a divorce. And she was sobbing and depressed the entire evening. And we all felt so sorry for her. And the drag queen just kept like picking on her like, lady, this is a party. You're supposed to be having fun. And we all felt bad. But I, I use that example in my book because I said, if you don't deal with your feelings and heal it, you're going to be that lady at the drag show who's crying and sobbing hysterically because when you're drinking, you're doing other things, that stuff that you've suppressed and put way down, it's going to come out. It's going to come out as soon as you get triggered by one little thing. And that's why it's so important to, you know, when they say you have to feel it to heal it, you do. You have to go through. You're not having these emotions for no reason. They're being brought up so that you can learn lessons and to move through it. Um, but I think so many people want to skip that part. They just want to take a magic pill and they just want to be better and they want to just move through, like you said, that, oh, time will heal it and forget it. It doesn't work that way at all. Totally. And this is where I know there's a, the single mums, like a lot of this, so much of the decision-making is about the children. 
And, and it's like, well, I'm doing this for the children. And, and if you can't do it for yourself, I'm going to throw it back out to you. Like do it for your children, because I can, I can tell you they're feeling it. Like they, children are intuitive beings. And, and I've seen it firsthand with, with my family. If you don't process these things, it just keeps on going on generational to generational. And part of it is like one about making that commitment that I'm going to end this generational trauma and I'm going to set my children to be free and be with them and, and invite them in to feel your suffering and the pain because children, they will love that. They, they definitely open to it if you actually let them in. And, and I see this, I work with a lot of um, amazing female entrepreneurs and, and I, I encourage them and I invite them to bring in their children into this pain. And they're always so amazed. They're like, wow, my child held me and they were open and they were saying, I felt this and they were loving it. And it suddenly starts coming through them and releasing. And it's, it's so inspiring. Yeah, I think there's some sort of myth that we have that your children have to see you happy all of the time. And that's not healthy either, because all you're teaching them is to put on a brave face and a mask and not really feel your emotions. And I think it's important that they see that it is healthy and it's okay to have feelings of sadness or these feelings and and to process them in a healthy way. And I love the idea of having your kids with you and being able to share that with them because I think it teaches them how to process their emotions and that it's okay and it's healthy. It does. And that is the greatest gift. If that's the thing we need to be taught in schools is how to process emotions. What, what are we? We're just a bunch of feelings right. and emotions and everything that happens in life. Why do we want to go earn that big money because we, or have that big important jobs because we didn't feel loved or validated as a child. So everything is back to this. So we need to be learning how to process emotions at such a young age and they're not teaching it in school. So as parents, we need to be embracing that and, and really leaning in and inviting them in. Cause I can tell you, they're feeling you anyway. You think you're keeping it from them, but they feel everything. And just because you look happy, they know you're not happy. They feel it and they feel it in a different way because they are closer to source. They had as much programming yet. They are able to tap into their intuitive, intuitive wisdom. And that's where inviting them in, they might be able to teach you some things. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Children are full of wisdom. We sometimes need to learn to listen more, I think. We think we have all of the answers, but they definitely are, some of them, so wise beyond their years. And I always say that I learn as much from my students as they do from me, which is, I think, how it should be. It's, it's a give and take relationship. Well, I have loved your advice and your wisdom and your stories so much. This has been such a great conversation. If there is anyone who's out there listening who maybe would like to follow you, maybe they want to see your episode of Undercover Angel, or perhaps they just want to keep up with you, how, what's the best way for them to do that? So the best would be, I've created a link, which is finneyandkelly.com slash uh, podcast. And in there, there's some free resources to help you on your path of intentionality. And then my social handle is the Finney and Kelly as well. So that would definitely be the best way. And then you'll get on the journey with me and, and we can communicate. And, and I do love, I love getting messages and insights and what you took away from, from the conversation because um, that's really my life's work is if I can affect one person hundred people, thousand people. I don't really care. It's just if one person comes out of this and they, they, they're on a path to intentionality, that's so much pleasure. 
I love that. And I have the same mission, you know, is if it helps one person, it's worth it. So thank you so much for doing that and for being here and imparting your wisdom. It was a great conversation. I'd love to have you back anytime. Um, I always like to ask our guests, though, before they leave, if there's one piece of wisdom that you could impart, something you've learned along your journey that you just think, man, I wish if I could go back and tell my younger self this, what would that be? Ooh, one, one bit of life wisdom. It would really be that nothing on the external is going to help the internal. It's, it's all about the internal and um, coming more and more connected with our inner self. And that's really what I define as a spiritual journey is just getting to know yourself. That's, that's the greatest, greatest thing we can achieve in life is just getting a clear knowledge of yourself. I love that. Well, thank you again so much for being here. And I ask you for one piece of wisdom, but honestly, this whole podcast episode was just chock full of wisdom. So I really appreciate you taking the time to fill us with your knowledge, your experience, and for you being on your journey and, and helping others. Thank you so much for that. Thanks, Melissa. I appreciate you. And I want to thank all of you for being here with us today as well. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. And the greatest compliment you can pay me is to share this podcast with anyone you think might enjoy it. Don't forget to follow me on social media. I go live Mondays at 630 Central on Facebook, where I do a free card reading. If you show up for the live, I'll pull a card especially for you. And if you want to work with me, just go to MelissaOatman.com. You can book a free discovery call with me to see how I might best serve you. As always, I hope you're having a beautiful day from wherever you are, and I am sending you so much love and light. I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.